Well, on this first uh, Sunday of Advent, if you haven't guessed it, we're talking about hope. And um, hope seems to be one of those things that gets lost once in a while because of the busyness of the time. I remember in, in seminary hearing about a young man who, who uh, was a great Episcopalian uh, minister and theologian. And um, he wrote one song in his ministry together um, and back in the late 1800s. He, uh, he wrote one song and some of the words uh, of it come because of, of um, his plight. It was Christmas season and, and um, he was near exhaustion with everything that he was doing um, in, the, in the church and, and in the college and then uh, writing books and doing everything. And he was extremely depressed, extremely depressed. And so he, he told his uh, family and the church that he needed to get away. And he went to a place that he had never been before, a small town, small town up in, uh, I think in Vermont, somewhere on the East Coast, a small town in a valley. And he was out walking around one night, and he looked down over this small town, and all he saw was lights, um, the lights from each house. And he sat there, and he thought about it, and he wrote these words down and finished them up later on. But it went like this. O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark street shineth the everlasting light. And then listen to this. The hopes and the fears, you know the song, don't you? Of all the years are met in thee tonight. Wrote one song, Philip Brooks did. Runs one song, and that's it. And uh, it's a powerful song, isn't it? We'll probably sing it sometime this, this year yet. Um, we're going to talk about Isaiah chapter 9. And I think, if we, we want to say it, probably the nation Israel was where this Episcopalian minister was. Um, depressed and, and, um, and, um, and um, uh, worn out and beaten down and they needed hope and it was Isaiah a singer and a preacher who gave them the words of hope and reminded them the Hebrew people who they were and whose they were and that God didn't make them for darkness and I want to share that with you today God did not make us for darkness we we um, by the way if you have a Bible turn to Isaiah chapter 9 if you want to read along with me um darkness. Uh, we're, we're not made to be in this dark world that we're in, friends. I hope you know that. We're not made for that. We're made for the light. The Israelite, the Israelite nation knew they were in that darkness because of their lack of obedience. We are in that place of darkness most of the time because of our lack of obedience. And I thought to myself, what is that darkness? Well, it's a world out of balance. And if you think we're in, we're in balance, all you have to do is watch the news. I don't care if it's CNN or Fox News or Channel 5 or Channel 3. They're all, we're all out of balance if you listen to them. The poverty that we have in our world today is out of balance. The preventable disease that we can take care of is out of balance. Injustice is, a, is, a, is that darkness that we're fighting Oppression, depression, anxiety, the strong exploiting the weak steal 
is causing us to be in that darkness. Sin causes that darkness. We can't say it's mistakes. We need to call it what it is. Sin causes us to be in darkness. The Israelite nation knew that well. I guess if we're to define that darkness, the best and easiest way to do it is that any time we have separated ourselves from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are in darkness. Anytime we separate, he's not going to separate from us, but we will choose to separate from him. Amen? You know what I'm saying? It's not his fault, it's our fault. It's my fault that I didn't do that. Well, I want to share with you the words of Isaiah chapter 9 today. Uh, chapter two, or chapter 9, verse 2, and um, verse 6 and 7. And it goes like this. It's up on the wall. The people who walk in darkness. That's us. We're in darkness today. We'll see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. That's the hope we have, isn't it? For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. Let, let me just stop there for a second in case you've never heard this. This is the, the office of Jesus, the root of Jesse right here. A child is born to us, talks about the humanity of Christ. Um, he came as a human. A child is born to us. A son is given to us. And I doubt if in many translations the S is capitalized there, but it should be. The Son is God's Son. That's the deity of God, of Christ, uh, coming into our life. Not only the humanity, but the deity. Says, Isaiah says it. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The, uh, by the way, that was free. You can have that. <laughs> the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. We will rule with fairness and justice. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all of eternity. That's the hope we live under. And the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Praise God. My friends, this is the word of God for all of his people. Thanks be to God. Lord, we just pray that you'd be with us this morning as we hear your word. Let it come alive to our hearts. Let it come alive to our lives. Help us to be acute listeners of what you would say to us in this Advent season. And may we not just hear it, but become doers of that word. We pray that our hearts would be open to you right now. And I pray, Lord, that your, your servant's words would be nothing more than yours. We pray this in Christ's name today. Amen. Like the people that heard those words so many years ago, um, they heard them from somebody that needed to say it to them. Because if you look at chapter 8, you see that they're just about ready to be destroyed. All the armies are coming against them. Things are not good. Um, but in this uh, darkness of despair for the Israelite nation God's chosen people words of hope came to them and I want to share with you in, in our world in our world today as we go through all, all that we go through we need to be able to listen to the words of hope that come to us 
And usually it's through that, that light. That's what I want to focus on today. The light of hope still shines in our lives. Uh, um, in, that, in that time of Isaiah, they thought um, good things happened because you did good things. And, and uh, as a result of you doing good things, then God honored that. And if you did something bad, then you got something bad. And, <laughs> and uh, I'm glad we don't live under that today, uh, that mentality. Although we do have a hard time. I've heard people, I haven't said it for a while, but it's just a dark time right now, isn't it? You know, we're in a dark time. And you know why? Because we're not in God's graces. Oh, no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, some people even talk about the dark night of their soul. Have you ever had one of those? Or it's just depression all the way around? Um, you know, some people even say, I'm wandering around in the dark. And then the, the best one that I like is there's, there's, I'm in a tunnel and it's dark as can be, but I can see the light ahead and it's coming closer. We have that same mentality. We use the words and phrases that the Israelite nation probably used more than we ever can imagine because of the many, many experiences that we, ex- we go through today. Common feelings. In this time of hope, I think it's... it's, um, it's n- advantageous for us to be light for this dark world that we live in. Many people, um, as you, if you would take time to listen to them, many people are experiencing um, despair right now. There's struggles. Many people um, feel hopeless. Feel hopeless. And we don't understand what Advent is all about. You remember Archie Bunker? Archie Bunker, and wha- I don't know what his son's name was. Meathead. Yeah, but that wasn't his name, was it? His brother, son-in-law, yeah. Not his son, was it? He said to, Meathead said to Archie Bunker in one of the sitcoms things, he said, I don't, he said to, his, to Archie, he said, I don't even think you understand. It was about Advent. He said, I don't even think you understand what Advent is all about. And Archie Bunker said, yes, I do. You add up all, you add up all your hostile feelings that you have somebody and then you vent them on them. And then he looks at him and says, I'm glad you're here because I can do all my adventing on you. We get confused in this time of season and think that we have to stay in the darkness when the, when the opposite is true. The light of hope will bring us um, peace and comfort in our hearts if we search for them. I think as we, we begin this season of Advent, I want us to hear the message each Sunday that there's hope that there's peace possible, that there's joy possible, that there is love that we can't begin to imagine in these four Sundays. And today I just want to share with you, no matter how dark your world seems, there is a light of hope. The lights, I think, as Phillips Brooks looked over that little town, saw Bethlehem, and in his life, he knew that the lights of Bethlehem were still shining. Amen? And I want you to know that today. And I think there's some spiritual truths.
that we need to hear to understand that. Uh, and the first one is, is the light of hope still shines on us today. We need to grab a hold of it and, and, and listen to what uh, Isaiah says. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And it really doesn't take much light for us to do that. But uh, um, uh, a woman, uh, let me give you just this little funny thing I read. A woman went to the doctor with her husband and said, uh, Doctor, my husband thinks that he's a refrigerator, a refrigerator. And he says, well, that's not too bad, is it? And she says, no, but when he sleeps at night, he snores and the light bothers me. Sleeps with his mouth open, you know. A little light goes a long way, doesn't it? There's the light that shines on us and this light of hope, that, that great light that, that guided those shepherds and guided those wise men and guide us today. Um, let us know that there is a, a child is born, a son is given. The light that shines in the darkness is nothing more than Jesus Christ, and we need to grab a hold of that in these days that hold us. He is the light of hope, the source of hope, the reason of hope in our lives. And it's amazing to me, it's amazing to me that some, some of us who have been going to church for years and, and some of us who know all about Advent will miss that light, that hope. It's the busiest time of the year, isn't it? If, if you think you're, I, I mean, I got so many, and these are from Christian websites where I, I buy stuff and do things. I got, I, I got bombarded. I don't know if you did with, with everything, but I got bombarded. Like one of them is Logos, which I love dearly, logosbible.com um, if you ever want to go there. Um, it's a great, uh, great thing all week. And then Friday, I probably got 10 emails from them Friday that I, I only have two hours left. I only have an hour left. You know, <laughs> we have everything. It's now 70% off. It started in the morning at 40% off and then it went clear to 70. And I thought, man, if I keep it going on, they're going to give it to me for free. It's the craziest time. And, and people... Uh, Friday, Friday, what is Friday? Black Friday? And w- but don't worry, there's tomorrow. Tomorrow, right? Isn't there something about Monday? What is it? Cyber Monday? Praise God, I'm not looking at my email tomorrow. People are, are, are doing their best that they've done. We've done for year after year after year. Um, really trying hard, frantically, trying to purchase some kind of happiness in our lives. Not knowing that the light of Christ is shining on us, that's where the hope comes from. Um, And we think we get this thing, we think when we get this thing that it it will make us happy for a long time. It doesn't, does it? It's temporary. I saw saw this friend of ours, we went to their houses, their their grandson opened presents and and, um, at the time of his rangers, Remember the ranger things? What are they? Power rangers. I, I believe in one Christmas he got all the power rangers. And um, he opened them all up and we were there with him. And, and, um, and uh, as they got done and he got done wrapping everything, he's running around the house looking for other things to unwrap because that wasn't all he got. Temporary. And I don't think half of those things went home with him. The real light of hope 
it's such a small thing for us that it gets missed because of all the other stuff going on around us. We have to put ourselves in a place where we can see the real light of hope. And then when we do that, we'll know that it shines on us. Let me give you another spiritual truth. Another spiritual truth that we need to grab a hold of. That light of hope will enable us to find our way. That light that we miss is what helps us get to where we want to be. Listen to Isaiah. He said, those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. We try to find our ways in in this world by things that we do when reality is when reality is that the light is the thing that guides us and directs us and, and helps us along our journey. We feel hopeless in the midst of everything that's going on at times. I don't know about you, but I feel hopeless a lot of times. I, re- I remember reading, an, oh, that story. Just, I remember reading um, one time about this guy named Leslie Hope. He was in, he was in grade school, and... Um, and um, the teacher didn't read off their names like that when they called Roll, when she called Roll. She would call Hope Leslie. So the kids called him Hopeless. Yeah, that was his nickname, Hopeless, because it just caught on. He fought that all through grade school and high school. And finally, when he graduated and was getting ready to do his own thing, he, he uh, made a big announcement and he changed his name. You know what he changed it to? You guys all know this. Bob. Bob Hope. Leslie Hope. You have to go on the internet and look at it. It's a great story. Yeah. Leslie Hope. Hopeless. He said, I'm not hopeless. I'm Bob. And you know the rest of the story. That light guides our path in ways we can't even begin to imagine. You know, that little light... We think we need to have this big booming light coming down and taking us to where we want to go. But it doesn't happen that way all the time. I was in Haiti one time when, when, um, when Papa Doc and Baby Doc were having their political fight. And, and it became very, um, very volatile real quick. And we were down there. There was 15 of us there. And... Um, Gessner Paul, the pastor that we were with in Cape Haitian, said to me and Jeff, another guy, he said, I want you two to come with me. I'm, going, I'm getting all the kids that I can. I'm getting them out of this town because there's going to be people dying over this weekend. So everybody in that was at the um, manse stayed there. They were under house arrest. They couldn't go out. They couldn't look out the gate. Couldn't go out of the house. They couldn't make any noise. They had to be quiet in there the whole weekend. Gessner Paul took me and Jeff and about a hundred kids he had put together and all these adults and we drove up into the mountains of, of uh, Cape Haitian and to this campground that everybody knew was there but it wasn't being used. We went up there. We went up there to keep these kids safe and that was the only purpose. We got up there late at night and you know how crazy that is to get a hundred kids and everybody and you know most of them uh, it's the typical thing. There was 30 people in a three-seat bu- three bus, you know. And um, we, would, we drove up there and, and, and did all this stuff and got everything, got all. They brought, we were going to stay the whole weekend, so they brought all their food, their kettles, everything. And we took them down to the campsite, 
It was about a 20-minute trek. I said, can't you get any closer? And he said, no, this is it. So we went down, and, and it got dark on us, and we're sitting at the table where they're going to feed us. And I look at Jeff, and I said, oh, Jeff, we're going to get sick. Because um, we, the food at the, at the manse was, was um, good, but you still got sick from it, you know. Um, Montezuma's revenge, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, and um, and uh, we were really going to get sick because this food was um, not not near what we were getting at the man's. And so Gessner Paul came over to us and he said, uh, he had this friend, uh, one of the kids with us, with him. And he said, hey, he's going to take you back to my truck. I left my briefcase up there. And what Gessner Paul was doing was just getting us out of a bad situation. So that we wouldn't have to embarrass them or disrespect them and say, oh, I can't eat that. I would have ate it. If I would have sat there at that table and they put it down in front of me, I'm sorry, I would have ate it. Because that's what you do. You know, you don't turn that down. They worked hard to get that to you. Gessner Paul saw what was happening, and he said, oh, i got to get these boys out of here. So he sent me and Jeff and this little, little tyke back up to his truck, the whole time knowing that his truck was locked up. He just wanted to get us out of there. Because he knew what was happening. And when we came back, we had crackers and, and some uh, bottled water, which was all good. And that's what we ate the whole weekend. I was nice and spelt back then. But on the way up there and on the way back, this is the point. This little guy had this, I don't even know what it was, but it was a thing that he carried, like a lantern. But it wasn't a lantern, and it didn't have a candle in it. I don't know what it was. But he was walking in front of us, and we're on this path. You can tell we're on a path, you know. And I said to him, I said, can you see where you're going? Because <laughs> it was pitch dark. I mean, there's no street lights. You know what I mean? It's dark as dark. And he said, yes, my light shows me each, each step. Did you get that? See, we want to know what's up 50 yards in front of us, don't we? But this light that shines on us shows us our journey right where we're at and where we're going. The light shows us the way to the cross, I pray. It's always there. He never takes us away from that light. It's always there. All we have to do is look up and see it. Let me give you this last thought. The light of hope that still shines is a light that you and I need to share. Listen to that. Isaiah says, For this child shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We are to be the ones who share that light to the people around us. Whoever it is. Maybe it's somebody we don't like. Maybe it's somebody that just gives us that little thorn in our, our back every time you know they say, Oh, gosh, that hurt. They don't mean to do it. We just take it that way, and sometimes maybe they mean to. But we are to share that light of hope and increase the joy in people's lives who are living in darkness and literally break that yoke for them. You and I need to be the witness of this light, and I think that happens because we live it. We live out the meaning of what Advent is. I think it's because we become that person of hope that we're supposed to be. That we, ref as I say on every day at 10 o'clock, I think, that we need to be that reflection 
of Christ. That when people look at us, they don't see this crazy guy who's not wrapped tight. They see Jesus Christ and his grace. You and I are supposed to be people of warmth. And people would want to come and bask in that in that warmth and and be at peace. We need to invite people to come to the lighthouse. Here it is. We need to come to have people come to the lighthouse. That could be your kitchen, your living room, your family room, wherever it is. We need to invite them. I love the story about the guy in England out in the middle of nowhere that that was um, well-to-do and and the community had no church. Had no church whatsoever. So he decided to build them a stone church. And he did everything that you're supposed to have. He had the the altar, the the pulpit, everything was in there um, that they needed to have church. And so when it was all finished, they... He invited the whole town and sure enough they all showed up and they went into the church and and looked around and they said to him, they said, but there's no lights. They thought he had forgotten to get lights. He said, no, if you look along the sides, there's lights. If you look along the pews um, that they set in, uh, there was a place to hang a light. And then he proceeded to give everybody a lantern. And he said to them, when you come, light your light when you come light your light and everybody around you will see Mm. everyone around you that's what we need to do is light our lights so that everyone around us sees that that light still shines on us and still guides us and still can be given away to anybody amen i wonder i wonder if we would be willing as a church and as individuals to walk out and look on this town, see all the lights, Hmm. and let that light of Bethlehem fall on us. Because you know behind all those lights is darkness. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Then I wonder if we would let that light of hope guide us in our ministry in these days. And I wonder if we would be willing be willing to take that step and say, I'll, I'll be that light giver. I'm sudden thinking about this sermon all day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, all week, just thinking about this time of sharing with you. And Thursday, whenever the pro football games were on, and then it went over to Friday, and then it went over to Saturday, when I was watching these games in between ever doing everything else, I was sitting there and this commercial would come on. Uh, and I hope you've seen it. If you haven't, look for it. It's, it's there. It's by Cadillac. Cadillac wants you to know that they have the answer for your despair. Are you ready? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Tis the season to break tradition. This is what, this is, and it goes across the, you know, they have the Cadillac, and then there's, what's that called, the words on the huh? subtitles. Tis the season to break tradition. Just, don't just put on a light show. 
Don't put on the light show. Be the light show. They're talking about their new electronic Cadillac. Are you ready? Make your nights anything but silent. And ride in a sleigh that really slays. Cadillac. Cadillac's telling everybody they have the answer. Do you see all that is in there? That's not the light, my friends. It's not the light, is it? Amen? Are you all with me? It's not the light. The light still shines. That one that was there in Bethlehem is shining today. That gives us all the hope in the world. Now, I want a new Cadillac. And I want it to be red. And I want it to look like a pickup. No. (laughs) And I want it to do everything that they said it's going to do. And you know how long I'm going to be happy? Seconds? Thank you, Paul, for that. I thought I'm never... Yeah, you're right. Gosh, friends, the light is what we should be looking for to find our hope. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for your word that gives us the truth and the way and the life. We don't have to look at it to find out anything in this world because your light still shines. Help Help us to look for it every day of our lives, we pray today. Whether we're sitting here, sitting at home, or out in the parking lot, it doesn't matter. Help us to look for your light. Guide us, Lord, is our prayer today. In your son's holy name, and all of God's children said, amen. Let's, um, let's stand and sing.